Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have a Hollywood actress superstar. She's and she's so much more than that. But listen, I have Tina Lifford on today and I cannot wait for her to, t- to share her story and and i can just feel her love and her energy and her heart and it's beautiful and so do me a favor and stop everything you're doing and share this out to everyone you know this is going to be a fantastic show stay with us we'll be right back And we are back. Let me bring Tina on. Tina, welcome to the show. Whoa. Hey, Ken. It is so nice to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. I'm so excited. So you and I, well, you, you, we have a couple of mutual friends, but um, I don't even know how you were introduced to me. Is that I think terrible? Was, no, no. I think it was through um, Brian Proctor. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. I you love know? Brian Proctor. Oh my yeah. God. Love him. Love his dad. You know, oh. rest in peace. Bob yeah. was Bob was truly uh not just a thought leader. He was a forerunner. He was he was part of paving the path yeah. for entrepreneurship and certainly uh personal development. You know, he has a great legacy. So true. So thank you, Brian, for introducing us. Thank you, Brian. Um, So, so Tina, I've done this show for five and a half years Hmm. and I, I honestly started it for selfish reasons. I was kind of stuck in life. And I thought, you know what, if I can get enough people to come on and share how they got unstuck, maybe it'll help me get unworked. So um, I'd love to have you start with telling everybody, you know, where it all began for you, where you were born and raised. Yeah, I'm born and reared in Evanston, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago. And um, it, a small town, you know, with a community feel. I mean, I remember us going to sleep at night with the doors unlocked and open. Yeah. That's the kind of community I grew up in. And on top of that, you know, you could walk down the street of your neighborhood or some other neighborhood. And if you were doing something wrong and another adult saw you, they would step in and parent. And I'll tell you that, you know, that parents today in large part don't want anyone else speaking to or managing their children. But I'll tell you that it created community. 
And yep. I think that that community and family is a definite part of my story, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Evanston, Illinois, uh, my parents certainly were uh, middle class. Actually, we probably financially fell below the middle class mark, uh, but I didn't, I did not know we were poor because in our household, we always had what we needed. Yep. So the idea of being poor wasn't, I didn't experience it until I was in a comparative sort of circumstance, right? Or I heard someone else defining things. Uh, my mom and my dad, they were great partners for parenting. Now, as I grew older, you know, I knew that they weren't great partners for relationship. And, and I'm going to take that back. My, my father, my father loved my mom. My mom loved my dad and my father had undisclosed trauma mm. that only at the end of his life did we all come to understand it and understand how that trauma impacted his dominance and oppression of my mom. Yeah. And to, to just share, share his story very quickly, um, my dad was probably in about 75, maybe 76 when he sat on my couch and for the first time said these words. He said, baby, daddy got a lot of things wrong. And then he told a story of how when he was a young boy, he came into, he came home from school unexpected and he found his mother in bed with someone who wasn't his father. Oh, geez. Exactly. Wow. And, and when you say, oh, geez, that, oh, geez, actually showed up in these next words. And that image has lived in his mind every day since. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, that just gave such clarity to why every time I walked out of the door or my sisters, he would say, be good. And every time my mom was gone, you know, to the store and gone longer than he thinks is appropriate for going to the store. Yeah. He could get really triggered. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah. So there's, there's the, there's the wonder of the, the town of Everston that I grew up in where, you know, um, in the second grade, I knew that I wanted to be an actor. I knew it in the second grade. What? Really? I knew, I knew in the second grade. Um, wow. Yeah. And I used to, I used to walk to school, Ken, like on the edge of 
the sidewalk so that my friend, my invisible friend, could walk next to me. And my invisible friend's name was God. And, wow. you know, I, I, I did go to Sunday school, but this God that I was walking with was different from the God that they talked about in Sunday school. Wow. This, this guy was my friend, you know, and he was, he was my confidant and he was my guide. And I would sit at my desk in school, scrunched all the way over to, to one side so that he could sit next to me. And that's a really important part of the story because fast forward in the fifth grade, I have, um, I had signed up for a talent show and I, I, I'm not going to say I was a popular kid, M more than popular people just liked me. Right. Yeah. I wasn't like, I wasn't like, you know, the popular girl, but people liked me and, and I could do things well, you know, I was right. great gymnastics, etc. And um, I had signed up for this talent show and stepped on stage the, at 10 o'clock in the morning in gym class. I get the roster that gives us the uh, order, the performance okay. order for the talent show. Yeah. When I saw my name at 10 o'clock in the morning as number one. On the call sheet. Number one on the call sheet. That's right. Then I did this. I went. <gasps> and that gulp of fear locked in my, not just my heart, my entire inner being. Yeah. And I walked with that for hours. And when the talent show, um, time for the talent show, which was like one or two o'clock. Yeah. I stepped on that stage. I was singing old John Henry. And I got out old John Henry. Everything went white, not black, because because all I could see was the light yeah. from the stage, the, the overhead stage lights, right? Yeah. I literally couldn't hear. And I was, talk about fight, flight, or freeze, I was frozen. I was frozen to the point of finally my oh, teacher had to come to center stage and pick me up like a little cardboard, you know, image. Oh my gosh. And carrying me off. And how you were, how old? That was the fifth grade, whatever fifth that grade, is. 10, 10, 11 years old. Okay. Wow. Well, so, so you've done, I know you've done well over a hundred roles on television and movies. So, um, thank goodness you didn't stay frozen in time at that moment. Did, did, so this is all in, in still in Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that and, happened in Illinois. 
Okay. Did you graduate from high school there and all of that? No, no. Oh. Um, we moved, my, my family moved from oh, okay. Evanston to Los Angeles. Um, wow. That's a big move. It was a big move. And again, I just, I say thank you for the parents that I had. Wow. And I do believe that our lives, our lives have order to them. Yeah. And if, if my family had stayed in Evanston, we would not, any of us, not the kids, not my mom and dad, we would not be the people that we are today because as wonderful as Eviston was growing up as a kid, it got hit. It got hit by um, crack. Oh. You know, it got hit really bad by crack in, wow. yeah, in like the late seventies. And so that changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And being a small town, you know, we just we I, I could imagine that we would not survive that. Sure. Wow. So what was the what was the reason your parents decided to move to L.A.? That's a huge I mean, that's from a small town to one of the largest cities in the world. That's a big okay. jump. Yeah. So that woman. um whose name is Dorothy Lifford and she is my mom. Yeah. My mom lost both of her parents by the age of six. Wow. And when she lost both of her parents, she was left with um, her grandmother and her grandfather. Her grandmother adored her. Her grandfather couldn't stand her. Oh. Couldn't stand her because of the times he was a fair-skinned man and my mom was very dark. She's maybe five, six shades darker than I am. Wow. And he just did not like my mom and he made her life miserable. And my grandmother, her grandmother died soon after her mom, let's say within a year or two after her mom died. So my mom was, um, she was, you know, sent to different relatives trying to find a relative that could anchor down and, you know, help my mom grow, sure. right? Mature. Uh, the reason that story is important is because my mom used books to envision family and envision the life she wanted. She didn't have the reality, the harsh reality that her parents lived in and the times she had books Mm. So she used her imagination without knowing that that's what she was doing. That she, is awesome. Is it? And and let, come let me, on with it. Wow. Ken, let me tell you how specific her imagination was. 
The thing she wanted most in life was a happy family. That's the thing she wanted the most. Yeah. It's the reason that that once she saw the dark side of daddy, which wasn't present all the time, it was when he was triggered, just like all of us, right? When we right. are triggered and when you don't have management over your triggers, you know, it can take you a while to go from triggered to, you know, regulated. Wouldn't and, it be nice say, to never be triggered though? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Cause when we get to the end of the story, right. Right. Um, right yeah. My trigger, my trauma wound up being a great gift, but we can, you know, that's yeah. down the road. Yeah, 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 sure. But let me just say that with my mom, she envisioned kids that loved one another. She envisioned laughter and, you know, a, a, a true sense of connection and community. Mm. And she envisioned lots of grandchildren. My mom is 91 years old. Oh my goodness. My mom has uh, the beginning stages of Alzheimer's. Mm. And I just, I just did a post the other day and my mom is living her best life because wow. even though she, she's had a wonderful life, She's a community person. She knows how to connect with people. Wow. With her deteriorating cognitive abilities, when any one of her children, and that's from the ones she birthed all the way to the great, great grandkids, if any one of them walks into her room, she lights up. Wow. And she's ready to be here another hundred years. I have to ask this question because I'll I'll forever be curious if I don't. What were the books that she was reading? I don't know, but I think oh that they goodness. I think they were like romance novels. I think that they were just books that allowed her imagination. And that's the most important point, right? Imagination yes. is our greatest, one of our greatest internal strengths. If we know how to use our imagination, we can create or recreate anything. Yep. If you hold it in mind, you know, the, the whole law of attraction talks about it in detail, but everything in my life that I have wanted, you know, in a meaningful, deeply felt way has absolutely made its way into my life. And when I stop and compare and I'm not talking about compare in that pejorative, you know, who's better kind of way, but just objectively looking at my life and the lives of other people that I grew up with, yeah. the difference 
is that I always had a vision. I always had something that was calling me forward. Can you I say always, that louder for the people in the back? Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. the most important thing you could probably say on the show. Yeah. Well, I always had a vision. And here's, here's the thing about vision, Ken. Vision, it can live in terms of your external desires and your internal ones. And that's the stuff that's the part, the internal part is not spoken to or about often. But yeah. if, if one is struggling with unhappiness, depression, any internal isolation, you know, a, a loneliness, a disconnection, insecurity, lack of confidence, if you can begin to envision yourself with more of what you want, being more of the person you wish you could be, having an image of yourself that allows you to walk into that room and connect with people or experience overwhelm and not feel identified with it. Right. If you can envision that, you don't even have to, you don't even have to know how to get there. You just envision wanting it. Mm. Just wanting it is enough because if you truly want it, yeah. that vision is going to activate your, um, and your super intelligence, you know, the intelligence that we all walk with and in, yep. and you are going to begin to pick up a book, you know, turn on the television, run into someone at the store, and information that helps you move towards your vision will be imparted. And if you truly are wanting to go from where you are into the vision, then when the, the opportunity moments or wisdom moments meet you, you will take from that moment something and put it into action. And you will find yourself in your future by taking those steps. That is beautiful. And I 1 million percent were on the same exact wavelength. I, I saw I, I was doing a little bit of research on you and and I saw um, that you were. You were on the um, Oprah network doing a, a little piece and I was like. This woman's a badass. I mean, she's had to really vibrate at a high level to get to the Oprah Network. I yeah. mean, it's amazing. To get so, to the Oprah Network, to get onto Oprah's plane, to be, uh, you know, at Oprah's home in Santa Barbara. It is not lost on me that um, though I, though I, didn't watch the Oprah show, the talk show a whole yeah. lot. 
it is not lost on me that when I saw her, yeah, you know, on the Oprah Winfrey show, I used to really think that I was going to meet her one day. I love you know, that. <laughs> and if I tell the truth, I really enjoy fashion. So what I thought was, I'd love to be Oprah's friend and get all of her hand-me-down clothes because <laughs> I just loved her clothes. Yeah. Uh, see, that that's, but you said it a little bit ago. If you just hold it in your mind, if you hold the picture in your mind, it, it can come to pass. Anything. And, and, and I'd like to just tweak that because a lot of people will hear, just hold it in your mind. Yeah. And then they will approach doing that the same way you read a textbook. Like they'll just take an image and they'll put it in their mind and they'll think that, that just focusing on that image is the point. Here's the nuance. You want to want you want to feel, you want to imagine what it feels like to have that thing in your life. You want to, you know, sort of like have as a backdrop of your, your being, this possibility, this new or next life. Right. If you just hold it in the mental realm, you are living from will. Yeah. If you expand the mental realm and let your thoughts, your feelings, your, your, your vibe, your energy participate in the desire of what mm. you want, it begins to live in a much deeper and more resonating place. And you begin to work with and allow the universe that you are one with to be part of your journey. Anything that we do only with mind falls into what I call our surviving self. When we are willing things we are willing because there's a part of us that is in doubt and we are forcing, we are determined because the doubt has us, you know, afraid that it's not going to happen. So let me ask you this, because I think, I mean, I've, I've done pretty well in life. I, I have doubt. It creeps in. How do you deal with it? What, especially being an actress, you know, I've heard Glenn talk about this. Like you go out, you, 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 you're going for a role and you know, you nailed it. Right. And you do a self tape or whatever, you know, you got this one and you never hear from them. And, <laughs> and how do you, how do you, cause then you gotta go like, what, what did I do? What was wrong? You know, I mean, I would, I'd be like in front of the mirror going, what's wrong with you? So how do you, how do you deal with that and reverse that where just let it go? How do you do that? Okay. So um, 
I love this conversation. I love that it's not linear because now I get to pull in uh, and share the the concepts and principles that I guide my life by. I love that. I love it. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about doubt separately yeah. from disappointment or um, uh, unfulfilled expectation. Those are different, right? Okay. Yep. So, in terms of you know being an actor, Lord knows if you don't have uh, the ability to weather rejection, then the entertainment business is not a place for you. But I actually don't look at it in terms of rejection, though, you know, I can go on, I don't know how many auditions, you know, before I book one. But there are two, maybe three life principles that really help me to navigate the uncertainty of the entertainment business, which, you know, this is how I've made my living for, I see, I, I did a TV show called South Central, I think in 94, and I was stage acting prior to that. So, you know, do the math, that's, yeah. You know, a while over, over 30 years, 35 yeah. years, maybe. Um, so what helps me with unmet expectations is this. Uh, I live by the adage. This is mine. I created this through my work with inner fitness that life is a creative medium. We, as an extension of life, are creative mediums. So what is happening in life all the time, every single second of every day, is life and its creativity is bumping into me and my creativity, and it creates something else. So mm. life is bumping into life creating life. That's how it is. Wow. And, you know, stuff can come from nowhere and bump into your life. And it's not personal. It is creative. It is the nature of the universe. Yeah. And so what we have to do and what our responsibility is, is to be creative when life bumps into us. Most people, when life bumps into them, they take it personally. And then they create a story. Mm. And then that story has the energy to create, you know, more and more of its story. Wow. So how we respond when life bumps into us is crucial because your response is going to create and it's going to create ad infinitum. Yeah. And so you want to be conscious of what you are giving the universe to create with.
And so one of the things, so A, I don't take life personally. It's just life bumping into life. B, I truly believe that each one of us, if, if our fingerprint is unique, then our purpose is unique. And people try to make purpose into this big and lofty thing. But what if each one of us is sort of like, this is just as an analogy, sort of like a cell in the body. Mm, Yep. A cell in the body has its job to do for the body. I, I, yep. I agree a thousand percent. I were, I literally, I've said the same exact thing. That's crazy. Wow. So if every single cell in our body and there's trillions of them has its purpose, then default to the notion that you have yours. Come on with it. That is, <laughs> come on. We're in church this morning. Holy mackerel. Wow. And, and if you have your purpose, then your greatest contribution to life and to honoring yourself is to assume that this moment belongs to you. Mm. And to use your creative nature yep. to think about it and respond to it in a way that empowers you. Wow. If, if you haven't shared this out yet, please stop fooling around and share this out. The world needs this message. Tina, wow. I mean, wow. That is so, so good. Well, I, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump around a little bit if you don't I, mind. Okay, I just want to go, I, I want to go back real fast. So you go, you you ended up going to school in LA or in uh, high school in, in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then did you go on to college and study acting? I did not. I, okay. yeah, I didn't. I, um, <laughs> my family says I have been in more schools than anyone they know. And I should have 12 degrees. Oh my gosh. But it was an interesting thing. Um, I have, I have, I have gone to so many colleges. I've taken so many courses. I, but my calling just never allowed me to finish, um, you know, formal education. Yeah. But I was educating myself and learning, I think, something that I'm incredibly proud of. I was learning to be and trust myself. Mm. And no one was teaching that. Nope. 
the wow. you know you 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 came back and it's it really is a great you know jumping backwards because i need to say that that you know fifth grade traumatic experience on that stage it is the reason that i had to go deep you know beyond church beyond sitting in someone's church and just yep. listening to someone tell me about a higher you know force and yeah. i respectfully say you know higher power so that people can plug in whatever name they choose for that higher power but i was so frozen on that stage that i should not be sitting here as an award-winning actress That's it shouldn't new. be the case wow and figuring out how to rewire that stuff because my journey was you know ahead of all of the recent neuroscience that is helping us right so figuring out how to you know when i would get a call from my agent and it's time to put on makeup literally my hand was like this i mean shaking uncontrollably wow and i kept saying to myself there in an in, in an infinite universe there must be a way for me to have that dream there must be a way now how old were you when you were saying these things to yourself well if i'm telling the truth um you had to have been in your late teens early 20s yes 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 my my commitment to self and that's the work that i do yeah. you know uh, yeah. as the inner fitness project which is my passion work right next to acting but um that journey began in like serious earnest and commitment around about 24 25 good for you that's that's pretty that's pretty that's, impressive yeah. actually yeah yeah and i came here as an old soul yeah right that would uh, the, the uh, adults would say that about me all the time oh, oh she's got an old soul yeah so i came here wanting to understand and figure life out yep while the rest of the kids were you know off playing and you know um kissing and all of that i really was contemplating life <laughs> and that's unreal and i say often you know and as an actress people can misinterpret what i'm about to say but i often say i only want to do what is mine to do right and mm. when i say what is mine to do i'm not just talking about career stuff i'm talking about what 
the soul, this individual unique cell that each one of us is, we all have a duty. And I want to make sure that I do mine. And I can't know what that duty is. Right. But I do know that it is connected to my heart. And not my heart just in terms of passion, Ken. It's connected to my heart in terms of pain as well. Our heart allows us to navigate. It lets us know what we need to pay attention to in terms of caring for, nurturing, healing, and it helps us navigate towards what's calling us. You got me fired up over here. My gosh. So uh, how old, uh, 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 not how old, uh, not that that really matters, but at what point in your journey do you, do you feel like you really started like nailing the acting thing? And when, when was your first big role and what was your first big role? Yeah. So, um, it's a great story. Um, in my twenties, my late twenties, um, I've only had two normal jobs in my life. Everything else has been acting. And, uh, when I came into the business, I knew I did not want to be a starving artist. And so I had a job, you know, and I would, um, do, do theater, you know, uh, at nighttime and on weekends. Um, and if I could do auditions while I was working, I tried to do that, but I, I wanted to have a nest egg Mm -hmm. so that I could build my life. I knew that, that, that building my acting career was going to take time. And I just didn't want to be a starving artist. Mm. So I was working for a publicist who serviced, you know, um, celebrities. Yeah. And this woman um, thought that I was going to be her protege. She thought I had a lot of potential. She didn't know that I wanted to be an actress. Wow. And when she found out, she found out because I invited her to see me on stage, a little community theater thing um, on stage. And she came and she was blown away. And um, I would think that within probably eight months to a year, uh, I came to her one day and I said, I haven't taken vacation and I I have this opportunity to do this play at the Melrose Theater, which was a very uh, respected theater here in Los Angeles back in the 80s. And I would really like to take my vacation early. And she looked at me and smiled and said, sure. And I had two weeks 
and I went off and I went into rehearsals every day and I was, you know, just working with um, this great actor and director, Bill Duke, who told me, he told me when he hired me for this play, he says, I don't have time for your job. I'm not going to schedule around your job. Wow. So if you want this role and I want you in it, don't talk to me about your job. And so right. that's why I had to ask for the two weeks off. Well, yep. maybe maybe three or four days, you know, um, before my two weeks was up, I stopped by the office just to say hi, because the theater was close to the office. Yeah. And when I came into the office, my desk was right at the front door and my boss's desk was way in the back. It was a, um, an apartment that was converted to an office. Yeah. And when I walked in, there was an envelope on my desk and with my name on it. And I opened it and it was a severance check um, and I had been fired. What? I had been fired. Wow. And I was fired. She never said this, but I was fired because she knew that acting was more important than becoming her protege. And she, she, she unlocked those golden handcuffs. Ken, Come I'm on. telling you, I've never worked another job since. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What she what she gave me, Ken, was she gave me a severance check. I don't know. It probably wasn't a lot of money. But also, I qualified for unemployment. It's the first time and only time I've ever used my unemployment. I love and it. And so for a year, I was available to audition and to focus on acting. Wow. And to... You know, I was living in this tiny little apartment where, yep. you know, it was 500 square feet. That was the entire apartment. I lived there for 10 years oh, while my I goodness. was getting it together. What and a then, beautiful story, though. Well, here, here here's the, the next piece that makes it even more beautiful. That play that she came to the director of that play, not the director that whose play I did before, before where I needed the two weeks off, not that yeah, guy. Right. But when I did another community show, that director was a working actor and he was in what's called a loop group. It is a group of actors who are hired to go and stand in front of films that are in post-production, that are being edited into the final uh, presentation. Right. And wherever there are community pieces, right? Yeah. They need actors to fill in that background um, ambiance. Yeah. And so he 
introduced me to the woman that hires him. She started hiring me. And uh, within a year, I was making six figures and getting all of the benefits of being an on-screen actor, even though I wasn't yet, you know, I wasn't yet breaking through on screen. Wow. So were you, did you become SAG then or? So, so (laughs) the SAG story is related to the director who said, I don't have time for your job. Right. Because I had taken acting classes from him over, you know, a, a couple of few years. And he would say consistently, you are an actress. You are not a secretary. You are an actress. You need to be acting. And so when he had me come in and audition for that role that he then, you know, wanted me to do at the Melrose Theater, he didn't have any tolerance because he had been telling me for at least two years, you are an actress. That same guy breaks into Hollywood as a episodic director. Yeah. He's working on that show from the 80s called Knox Landing. And he calls me in to audition. I go in, I audition. My role, um, my lines are, thank you very much. That's it. Thank you very much. Okay. That thank you very much gets me what's called uh oh gosh i'm not not grandfathered in but um it was the reason i could get my sad card oh my gosh so literally thank you very much thank you very I, much <laughs> that is so awesome i love how your story is just and and you've connected the dots like you've gone back and gone, oh, so that's what, and that led to this, that let, and isn't it interesting that that's really everybody's story if they just stop and look at it? That's exactly right. That's, right? The, that's, that's the whole point, Ken. That's why I'm yeah. so passionate about the work of inner fitness. So because- talk about that, the inner fitness project. Talk about, I'm going to put, I'm going to put the, the thing and somebody in the comments type this in with the www so it's clickable so everybody can click on it and go check out Tina's website. All right, yeah. So, um, okay. I, I don't let, let me see the most succinct way to um, share with you the Inner Fitness Project is this. I told you that in earnest, you know, I started down this path in my 20s. Yep. I was always an old soul and I had this debilitating experience on stage that threatened to disrupt and thwart 
Yeah. My greatest desire, which was to be an actress, to be a a respected, sought after, working actress, and and so I had to start figuring out how to audition, how to be in the experience of having people look at me because I always saw myself under those stage lights, you know, on that stage in fifth grade, how to have people look at me and not have it trigger that whole experience. And that took a lot of work, Ken. It took a lot of work. But I also mentioned, you know, that when you hold a desire in your being, this universe that we're connected to that is creative bumps into our creativity. And our creativity is our thoughts, our feelings, and our beliefs. And so here I was vibrating this yearning to be beyond that triggered moment that could be triggered you know, at any point without me really having control over it. Right. And I just, I just dug in. I started taking classes. I started reading. I just, I started asking. And that's a technology that needs to be talked about a whole lot more. Because when you accept, or you don't even have to believe it, But when you begin to behave as though the universe is intelligent and actually communicates with you, then you can step into partnership. And a great way is by asking questions. Now, everything that I'm talking about, you know, or most of what I'm talking about, We now have science backing it up in different ways. But I discovered it because I freaking wanted it, Ken. I freaking needed the the information. And I, I bet you someone is listening to this and they're listening and they can relate because there's something that they needed and they happen on to this podcast with you and I talking about this, you and me yeah. talking about this, yeah. and it is their answered prayer or their answered need. Yeah. That is happening all of the time. And the Inner Fitness Project, literally, I have, what, maybe 30 years worth of journals I have all the reading. I have the deep dive that I do and have done, you know, since my early 20s inside of myself. And I have just put it all together in a actionable, uh, practical way. And it freaking makes a difference. So I wanted answers. And I, you know, they say that Einstein, that scientists, that that artists oftentimes 
pose a question, you know, whether they pose it out loud to the universe, which is what I recommend, or that question is just living, you know, like, how is this or what is this and how can this, when you've got what I call a, an effective and empowering question running through your mind, yep. your subconscious becomes your internal Google. And in the same way that you can type a question into Google and get an answer, when we let effective and empowering questions live inside of us, yeah. they begin to answer themselves. I fell asleep uh, or I, I, I went to sleep and I dreamed a dream that is too long for me to tell you right this moment, but I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that you um, put in the chat, uh, Tina Lifford, L-I-F-F-O-R-D, dream, and go to YouTube because I turned that dream into a five minute movie. And here's the bottom line that I woke up with. Inside of ourselves, we have a range. It's not just one self like we've come to know ourselves and it's not this physical self. Inside, we go from being people who are driven by worry, doubt, and fear all the way up to being aligned with our higher, higher power. That's the range that lives inside of us. But most people are only living in their surviving self. I call that range the surviving self, the thriving self, and the infinite self. But most people only know the worry, doubt, and fear, the, the warring, the fight, flight, or freeze, the othering, the, yeah. the uh, resistance to uncertainty. That's where most people are living. But if you want to be your whole self, you absolutely must begin to see and then exercise, which is why it's called inner fitness, begin to exercise the characteristics of the thriving self and the infinite self. And as you exercise, you can redesign and recreate your life because you interrupt that surviving self, which we default to because our nervous system has been developing you know, from survival mode, from the reptilian brain, long before we even became human uh, hominids, right? So um, the Inner Fitness Project is about seeing that range that is inside of us and then working intentionally and um, with vision to create the life you want. Understanding that your surviving self is not your issue. Your surviving self is your friend if you use it. And we have a, we have a, a program that is coming up in February um, that is our annual 
uh, self self realization boot camp. Wow! And it is Ken. It is five weeks of getting to know yourself in an empowered way that will give you more information, more actionable information, more transformation in five weeks than most people have in a lifetime. And that's not hyperbole. Wow. If you want to know how to um, see and reimagine triggers, if you want to know how to use that thriving and infinite range of your being so that you can feel more connected, you can deal with, see, and understand difficult people, manage difficult circumstances. Let me tell you, in the entertainment business, it's a beast. And you need tools to be able to stand in that arena and hold on to yourself and deliver with excellence. And everything that I have learned since I'm 25 has helped me to make this stuff not so airy-fairy, not so mystical, you know, We each can be our own power centers. That power that that mystics have, it lives inside of all of us. And we're connected to it. So let's use it more intentionally and more deliberately. That's what the Inner Fitness Project is about. And, you know, I don't know... um, yeah, here, let me give you full screen. I want everybody to see that. Go ahead, show that book. <laughs> okay, so so this book is, um, it was placed on Forbes um, must read list for 2021, The Little wow. Book of Big Lies. And wow. the information that is in this book is information that we lean into uh, in the um, in the self-realization boot camp, which is Phoenix Rising. And I'm mm. um Ken, can I share the link for Phoenix Rising? Please, yes. Okay. So Phoenix Rising, like I said, is um my five weeks self-realization boot camp. And if you want more information, you can go to the inner fitness project dot com slash breakthrough walls, which I just love. Uh, seriously? <laughs> yes, I just love your. Um, oh my god! Yeah, your 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 podcast title, breakthrough walls. So the innerfitnessproject.com slash breakthrough walls, and anyone who actually goes to our site checks out Phoenix Rising. If it's a fit for you, because you've used Breakthrough Walls, you'll get a $300 discount. Wow. So, so your community is benefiting can from- I, can, I show, can I show them the page? Can I yeah, share please, it? Yeah, please, please, let please. Me share, let me share this real fast so everybody can see this. Oh my goodness, I had no idea you were doing that. 
Here, let me give it full screen here. If I can. There it is. So there's that's the page, right? That's it. That's it. Wow. You, you go there, you'll learn um, more about what you can expect from the five weeks. Um, wow. We have, uh, in the fifth week, we do this practicum, which is mind blowing and allows you truly to walk away. Um, wow. With tools and ways of implementing them. This is awesome. 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 Wow. Yeah, we're, very, we're serious. Very cool. We've been, we've been, we've been on COVID. Um, really helped us have an online presence. Yeah. Um, but what's important, Ken, is I can't tell you how often people say that the Little Book of Big Lies and the work that we do at the Inner Fitness Project has changed their lives and changes their lives quickly. That's We're amazing. all going to be in this thing called life, yep. having to manage it for the rest of our lives. It doesn't get easier, but we get better at it. And mm. that's what the Inner Fitness Project is committed to. I love you and your passion for we're I'm that's why Brian connected us uh, we're we're definitely vibrating on the same same exact I love I love what you're doing Tina I love your energy and your enthusiasm for life for helping other people I can feel that like you truly desire to help other people May may I just say to you that I'm writing book two right this moment, and I met with my editor at HarperCollins, and he read the first 40 pages, and he looked up at me and he said, Tina, the one thing that is certain is that you want people to feel and be better. And it's mm. true. My buddy Eric said he just bought your book. Ah, tell Eric that, you know, DM me. I want the, the I want to know his genuine uh, authentic response to the book because wow. what I have been receiving um lets me know that he has in his hands or will have in his hands answers. This is not the last thing we're doing together. <laughs> I hope not. That you know the song we've only just begun. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like we're going to do some great things together and I want to help you in in every way that I can. So, um Tina, my goodness, thank you from the bottom of my soul for coming on and sharing your soul and your heart today. It's it's just been amazing. Your mm. wisdom is mm. it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Ken, thank you. You know, I oftentimes, well, regularly, one of the things that guides me is uh, the timber of one's heart. And it's not something that you hear. It's something that you feel. Amen. And I feel that you have a good heart. Thank you. 
Yeah. Thank you. I feel connected to you. So thank you for that. I, I'm so grateful that you came on and shared everything you did today. You know, I never rewatch my interviews ever, never, ever. I think I'm going to rewatch this one. Mm -hmm. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Just so much wisdom in it. So thank you. And, and let's explore other things in the near future. Um, I love it. Amazon live. I can do an Amazon live with you too and sell your book. So, well, yeah, let's, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one, the one that is uh, going to be coming out. Yeah, we can do any of them. Anything you have for sale on Amazon, I can help even, you sell. Even the little book of big lies. Is it on Amazon? Yeah. Well, heck yes. I'm an Amazon influencer. I'm allowed to go live on Amazon. Oh, well, we have yeah. to talk about that. That sounds yeah, wonderful. We'll do it. Well, <laughs> I'm going to wrap the live stream up today. And I, I just have to say to everybody watching, um, I believe there are moments in life when when we we our, our our lives cross paths with the energy that we need in that moment. And and I also believe that it's our responsibility to share with everybody that we possibly can the same opportunity to to be engulfed in that energy and wisdom. So I'm going to ask every one of you to please, even if you already shared this out, do me a favor and share this one more time so everybody that you know can be just completely consumed by Tina's energy and wisdom and feel this because this has been an absolutely amazing interview. Tina, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. You are amazing. Stay with me. I'm going to be back, but I'm going to wrap the show up. So thank you to everybody who's watched. Tina, thank you so much. God thank bless you. Thank you so much. Mm. All right. See you guys.